0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Graham Ledger, live and local on Cracker 82.5. Cracker being the acronym for anybody who is a Floridian. You are a cracker. It's not a racial slur of any kind. 82.5 happens to be longitudinally on the globe, dissecting the great state of Florida, the sunshine state, right in half. That's the midpoint, 82.5, longitudinally on, on the globe. So uh, just south of 82.5 in Miami is around 81 degrees. And up in Tallahassee in the uh, state capital, it's uh, probably 83 degrees. These are not temperature readings. Although, today, along the uh, southwestern port portion of uh, Florida... It's going to be 82.5 degrees plus about three or four degrees. That's that's basically uh, how we calculate the uh, the weather around here. And uh, just to give you a, a slice of what's going on at the beach in Sarasota, the best beach in the United States, we go to the Crooked Cam. There is the Crooked Cam. We're working on other cameras. I've I've I um I've been looking at some in Miami. They stink compared to this one. I, I yes, this one's crooked. So it has some personality okay and one of these days I I hope somebody will fix it but this one also as you know moves from left to right and right to left so it's got some movement on it we can kind of see what's going on at the volleyball courts and we can see kind of north toward uh, Bradenton and St. Pete not that we can see all that way on this camera but look at the horizon it's beautiful beautiful day Highs today will be around uh, 86, 87 degrees. It's a great golf weather, as a matter of fact. There'll be some cloudiness, but um, not too much. And uh, we're officially in the uh, the rainy season. And special Ed, I hope to get to that story today, but we have a lot to talk about. Um, and and I'm a kind of melancholy today. Uh, ask me why, special
0: Ed. Well. You know, there, You're supposed there to ask that... me
1: why I'm melancholy.
0: <laughs> why are you melancholy, Graham? I'll
1: tell you why. Because we have a bombshell report, uh, and I believe that the, uh, the mainstream media is largely ignoring it. And one of the gauges of the mainstream media now is the Drudge Report. The Drudge Report used to be a very conservative reading on the news. Now, I don't know what in the wide world of sports it is, but it, it ignores flaming, crucial stories. And the Drudge Report, in case you don't know, is, a, is an aggregator of stories uh, throughout America and, and internationally, but mostly America, and very, very political in nature. And it has all kinds of information about Rudy Giuliani on there right now. It has information about sex scandals and sex change and all this kind of stuff, but no information about what was just released yesterday which is the conclusion of a three-year investigation. We commonly call it the Durham Report. And Special Ed, by anybody's measure, whether you are a Democrat or a Republican or everything in between, whether you love Donald Trump or you hate Donald Trump, any and every American should, number one, read and read about this report. And number two, Special Ed, I believe more than anything else, should be very upset and very concerned by its findings. Would you not agree? You know, I totally
0: agree. You know, the thing that's really frustrating for me is the fact that if you go through and read this and you keep reading and reading, it gets worse and worse and worse. And I'm sitting here thinking like, is this real? I mean, it is so salacious. It's just you just go, I can't believe this. This is so wrong.
1: Well, you know, again, if you can remove yourself, if you are a Democrat and you hate Mr. Orange Hair, right? You're just happy that guy with orange hair who plays golf, who uh, is a billionaire, rides around in his own jet called Trump Force One. If you can just remove yourself for the next 20 minutes as we go through some of the facts of this investigation and, and realize, just look at yourself as an American. And, and look at him as an American. And look at all of the players, every single one of them, from the FBI to the CIA to Hillary Clinton to Barack Obama to uh, Peter Strzok to me, the person and, and special ed, the people who are purveying this to you, as just Americans, not bias, not people who support this person, not Democrat, not Republican, not conservative, not liberal. But just an American special ed this is this is my admonition today. Look at what has been released, analyze it as an American, not through partisan glasses. I think that's what we have to do here.
0: You know, the thing that if if you look at this and say, you know, what if this was me on the end of this? I mean, how would I feel if all of this, you know, false information was put out and everybody knew it, but they Still kept doing it over and over again. What if that was me? That was the victim of this. I mean, that scares the bejesus out of me.
1: That's a great point, and and that's that's exactly how we should have people look at this report if they even have the time or the the gumption to look at it uh, or or listen to what we're about to go through here. And I'm not going to get too deep into the weeds, but we have to go through some of this because this is. This is really all the marbles. You know, this, along with the franchise and the, and the corruption in our electoral process, if you have an investigative body that has prosecutorial power, that would be the FBI, the DOJ, and the CIA, who are all corrupt, uh, and I'm not saying every single one of them is, but there are enough in, in uh, important places If they're all corrupt, that they can harm people. And you have to remember that The Durham probe comes after many, many years and millions upon millions, maybe billions of dollars spent not only investigating, but defending against false charges, which is what the Durham report has concluded, which we knew all along and we reported all along. But people would say, oh, you're just a a right wing nutcase. You have no evidence to say that. Well, it's right here. This is what we always knew. There always was evidence, and we built our own cases, just like we have built our own cases about electoral fraud. You know, this is what upset me so much about the town hall on CNN with Donald Trump and that, um, that liberal that was asking the question, the reporter at uh, there. She kept saying there was no evidence, there's no evidence of election fraud in 2020. That is an out-and-out lie. And all you have to do is look on the CNN website, and there's story after story about election fraud in 2020. The only question in various states, swing states, important states, not important states, whatever, California, New York, Wisconsin. There are reports after report after report of election malfeasance and people going to jail and being prosecuted for it. So it's only a matter of how much election malfeasance there was, not whether there was any. And that's, that's the one thing I wish the message could have gotten out during that town hall, because that was an important moment. And I'm not saying Donald Trump blew it. He got his own message out. He got the message out that he wanted, and he He did very well during that town uh, hall, even though it was excruciating for me to watch. The message is, of course, there was massive voter fraud in 2020. The question is, to some people, not me, but to some people, was it enough to swing the results? And I would that obviously, the answer is yes, because it wasn't electoral fraud across the board, per se, but it was certain states, certain swing states... Certain counties, certain precincts in these certain states that swung the election. Um, and, And so here we are now with the Durham probe. The Durham probe, in case you don't know, in a synopsis, is an investigation into the FBI's investigation called Crossfire Hurricane. Crossfire Hurricane was opened up, if I remember, right in 2015, sometime in 2015, early 2016 just happened to coincide with the election cycle, right? And it was based upon flimsy information that apparently was never corroborated, and we're going to get into that information here. Is that a decent synopsis, Special Ed?
0: Oh, absolutely it is. And it was something that was started based upon somebody wanting to discredit and malign a political uh, opponent.
1: Right. In other words, this originated from Hillary Clinton. So let's dive into it, okay? I'm just gonna go, these are the facts, okay? Again, you hate man with orange hair, these are the facts. Yeah, I'm wearing a 45-24 shirt, big deal. My career has always been to present the facts. And even as I've been a political commentator now, you know, shifted from newscaster to political commentator, I've always based what I tell you about on fact and history. Some of the history is painful. Some of the fact is painful. But it is, nonetheless, history and fact. So here's number one. The FBI investigation. This is a conclusion of the, uh, of the uh, uh, report by um, uh, Durham. Number one, the FBI never investigated, should have never investigated the Russian collusion. Remember, it was uh, reported in the mainstream media and just hammered home... By Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and the rest of them, that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians. There was never any evidence of that. But that was the narrative, um, uh, uh, Special Ed. And we know our Marxist history, which this dovetails to, that if you, and and Nazi Germany and, and throughout history, really, that if you repeat a lie long enough, it becomes what, Special Ed?
0: It becomes the truth and they had absolutely nothing to base this on and over and over again you hear these people coming up and saying like this did not support the narrative of a collusion in between trump and russia they knew that in the very beginning
1: okay so that's number one number two is the conclusion from durham is that the fbi should have terminated the investigation well duh if there was if there was no corroborating information if they didn't vet witnesses, which they didn't, and I'll get to that. Well, that's number three. Crossfire Hurricane did not vet the sources. So this is number three. So these sources, which were groomed from the Hillary Clinton campaign, and we'll get into that in just a second here, but that's where the sources originated from. This is political information. This is like James Carville, you know, talking about running a, a dollar bill through it. You run a dollar bill through a try to park you never know what you're going to get. I mean, that's basically what they based this investigation on special ed, which was a, a, a political operative developing political information that may, may or may not be true.
0: And, you know, in that, and, and this is out of the report, you know, their internal investigation, the FBI communication discussing crossfire hurricane in the early stages stated it's very thin and in their words, it sucks.
1: Okay, number four. Two, this is interesting, this is simultaneous as this is going on. While Crossfire Hurricane is going on, there were two Hillary Clinton investigations that had begun. They were in infant stages. Now this is, again, remember, put yourself back into early 2016. This is smack in the middle of the election cycle. Remember what was happening in 2016? I do. Donald Trump was taking the field by storm and was knocking off Jeb Bush and was knocking off Chris Christie, and was knocking off all these you know, big political heavyweights in the Republican Party, and, and I believe that the, the Democrat operatives were getting real nervous and real afraid that, hey, we got a juggernaut here, and that uh, we may not be able to stop this. So while Crossfire Hurricane was going on, two Hillary Clinton investigations were going on in, in their infant stages, as I say. Number one, there was an investigation into the Clinton Foundation, which we know was a pay-to-play operation. That you know that that Bill would go give a speech, and Hillary would uh, you know go and 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 um, on official business as a as the Secretary of State, um, rub shoulders with these people. Bill would rub shoulders. Um, he would give a speech, and then all of a sudden, bam! There would be a donation in the Clinton Foundation. And the second Clinton investigation. Was for illegal foreign contributions. Illegal foreign contributions—that's redundant. Foreign contributions are illegal. But what happened? Well, this is number five. In February two thousand sixteen, Andy McCabe. Remember
0: that name, Special Ed? Yeah. Oh yeah. He was the uh, FBI assistant director.
1: Yeah, he was. He was Comey's like one of his left-hand men. And he ordered uh, the investigation into the foundation shut down. Now, apparently it didn't completely shut down because he probably got wet feet and realized, uh-oh, one of these days somebody like Graham Ledger could be talking about this and he'll become one of the most infamous people on the political landscape in the history of this country, a.k.a. he should be he should be investigated. The guy should be investigated, should be prosecuted, and if he's found guilty of Whatever malfeasance, he should be in jail. We should have due process on Andy McCabe. And number six, then the New York City office was also investigating, was probably spearheading this investigation. The New York City office was given a cease and desist. Now, this apparently came from Director Comey himself. Number seven, both investigations were either restricted or shut down during this time. So, think about it now. You have crossfire hurricane going on, a bogus investigation into Donald Trump, and they're trying to figure out any way to get dirt on Donald Trump. That would be the FBI. So effectively, the FBI has become the brown shirts for the Clinton campaign in 2016. Would that be an accurate uh, depiction, Special Ed?
0: Well, absolutely, because what happened was the FBI and the DOJ said, we're going to shut down this Hillary investigation, but guess what we're going to go do? We're going to go full force at Donald Trump at the same time. Brown shirt.
1: FBI, and this is number eight, FBI and the CIA knew that the Steele dossier was phony and it was produced from the Clinton camp. Now, if you don't remember what the Steele dossier was, it was this phony dossier that on day, day two or three, James Comey goes into uh, Donald Trump's Oval Office and says, hey, we got this dossier on you. I'm not going to tell you what's in it, but it's really salacious. It's really bad. Now, that w- <laughs> think about that. This thing has not been vetted. They know it's a, a, a political operative put it together. They know it's crap, as you said, Special Ed. It's, it's garbage. Yet they based an entire investigation On this, And then Comey rubs it in the face of Donald Trump and probably gets down to the salacious material in there, which I don't really want to get into. But they knew the FBI and the CIA knew the Steele dossier was phony, and they knew it was from the Clinton campaign. Now, that's a problem. And number nine, Comey demanded the FISA warrant against Carter Page. Now, we remember Carter Page uh, at all, Special Ed? You remember who he was?
0: Well, well, absolutely. Carter Page was actually a naval officer. And so what ended up happening is that you know they issued the FISA warrants without even taking a look at any kind of material aspects as to whether or not it was warranted or not.
1: Right. And so this exposed, by the way, and you know, this is some good I think that came out of this, although nothing's been done about it as far as I know, that the FISA courts are being abused. This is an, this is an American citizen who did nothing wrong They go into the FISA court, the big old FBI, backed probably by the CIA, the big, bad, respected FBI comes in there and says, we need a warrant to spy on an American citizen based on this phony dossier. That was part of the evidence that they presented to the FISA court, to the judge. And the judge says, that's fine. Go ahead and spy on this American citizen. Forget about due process. Forget about the Fourth Amendment. Forget about the Fifth Amendment. Forget about the Sixth Amendment. Go ahead and violate his constitutional rights. And the, why, why would they even care about Carter Page? Well, the answer is because Carter Page was a, I'm sorry, I'm going to use this term, a useful idiot en route to getting to Donald Trump. Correct, Special Ed?
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay. Okay. So here we are now to number 10. The FBI knew the warrant was based on weak and or no evidence. That would be the warrant to spy on Carter Page. Again, this was their avenue to go in and um, attack, if you will, Donald Trump during the 2016. Now think about it. Remember, this is happening during an election cycle. And think about this, you you people who hate men with orange hair, and you probably have the same um, disdain for Richard Nixon, right? What Richard Nixon did or was involved in or had the, his fingerprints on or didn't have his fingerprints on, maybe he did, maybe he didn't, we don't, still don't know to this day. Pails! Are you kidding me? They put some tape on a door, special ed? This is the FBI going after a candidate, a Republican candidate for president.
0: And the other thing that's just astonishing to me is that during the process of these guys going through the review, you know, they had an FBI attorney that was there and they basically said, don't write any any of this stuff down. Don't document this. Really?
1: So. This is and this is just the the tip of the iceberg of the report. Um, There's there's uh, there's more to it. And again, I encourage you to read it no matter, again, what. Part of the political aisle you come down on. You shouldn't care. You need to look at this as an American citizen and understand that in this here United States Constitution that I'm holding in my right hand here, in this well worn pocket version of the United States Constitution, there are protections against what we have just delineated there in the FBI, I'm sorry, in the, in the Durham probe. And then the Durham investigation and, and, his, uh, and his report. Um, so I've seen uh, special ed. I've seen some even Republicans um, on social media saying, "Uh, ah, he doesn't recommend uh, uh, any criminal prosecution, so I guess this was a waste of time. That is a terrible way to look at this thing. This is chuck full of information that tells us that the FBI, and I'm not even going to use the word swamp, okay? Let's just be specific. That the FBI, which is a creation of Congress, is out of control. And that the FBI director, you know, probably dating back to J. Edgar Hoover, has way too much power, and that we need to do something about this, and maybe something as radical, I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it right here, Special Ed maybe something as radical as shut down the FBI, because it is out of control. What they did to these American citizens, they abused their power, they stripped these American citizens of their rights, and they harmed people permanently. Remember, remember, General Flynn, General Mike Flynn, was caught up in all this, and he was ousted within you know a month and a half of, of being on the job as part of ostensibly, as part of the crossfire hurricane investigation. So people's lives were damaged. People's reputations were damaged. People's bank accounts were drained. We have a permanent stain on the landscape, the political landscape, but also the moral and the legal landscape and the constitutional landscape of this country. So what are we going to do about it, Special eh?
0: Well, you know, the... the problem that I have with Republicans, you know, saying, well, you know, and and this is basically what they're saying. They're saying, we need to move on. We have so much things to do. We have to get to the people's business and we need to make sure that we do what the people are you know, worried about right now. We need to talk about the economy, blah, blah, blah. And the scary thing is the people that did this are the people that will still be there if you don't prosecute them.
1: I think the best point uh, made in the last 23 minutes here, as we've been speaking about this special, is what you said, where, you know, consider this happening to you. The federal government, a.k.a. the FBI and the DOJ, and by the way, the DOJ I would throw in there as well. Don't get me wrong. The DOJ was complicit. They're a co-conspirator in all this, because the FBI couldn't have gotten away with this without the help from the DOJ. and again. We're talking in vanilla terms here, alphabet soup, FBI, DOJ, CIA. These are people within these organizations like Peter Strzok who went in and and ruined General Flynn's short stay as National Security Advisor because they didn't want to have General Flynn in that position because they knew that General Flynn was going to expose, potentially expose everything that we're talking about here. Because he would have gone down that rabbit hole, Special Ed. He would have done exactly what we're doing, going through the evidence, and then exposing it. Here's the caveat in all of this, Special Ed. We are the media now. I've always been the media because it's my career. But in the end, it's the American people who care. And again, it doesn't matter whether you're Democrat or Republican. It's the American people who care, who need to say, all right, enough. I, I see this information. We need to make some changes. And my neighbor needs to know about this, this information too, and I will give it to my neighbor. And that neighbor gives it to his or her neighbor, and so on, and so on, and so on. Because the mainstream media, what, what, what bothers me the most about all of this in the short term is I know what's going to happen here, Special Ed. The mainstream media is going to report something, and I think I've already seen some reports like this. Oh, well, Durham spent X amount of uh, millions of dollars and spent three years, and he came up with his report, and he didn't recommend any prosecutions, any criminal references, and so case closed. That's what's going to happen.
0: You know, the other thing that we should all be aware of in your talk about, you know, having, you know, uh, spread the word. I mean, we all know about movies that, you know, had great box offices because somebody saw it and told somebody else about it and so on and so forth. Well, this is worth a hell of a lot more talking about than a movie. So go out and go talk to somebody about, you know, exactly what's going on. Because, yes, it could happen to you or I. And also at the same time, guess what? Every single entity that you're going to hear that's out there, the CNN, the MSNBC or everything else that's like that, it's like, well, guess what? You know, after three years, this is all they got. Okay, And other news. And they're going to move on.
1: And by the way, General Flynn has landed on his feet. But there are other people who have been swept up in this that I don't know, like Carter Page. You know, maybe I know he wrote a book. He he was on my program a couple, three times. I don't know what he's doing. But his reputation, his name out there has been turned into mud. And by the way, we remember where the, the, that phrase, your name is now mud, um, uh, goes back to the assassination of, um, of A- uh, Abraham Lincoln um, and one of the conspirators in that, your name is mud. Um, so um, we, again, I just implore people to look at this as an American, not anything else not a Californian, not a radical nutcase Californian, not an Iowan, not a Texan, not a New Yorker, Illinois. Look at this as an American and reverse the bet and realize that the government could wipe you out if they did this to you. And if they would do it to Donald Trump and everybody in Donald Trump's orbit, they would do it to you. And I want to remind people to remember this in this context right now in the news cycle, companion stories with the Durham probe, is is this headline. The IRS has now removed the investigative team into the Hunter Biden probe. Now, that is a stunning headline. (laughs) That is a stunning, if it's true, that is a stunning story. And again, to back up and get some perspective on this, Hunter Biden is being investigated, ostensibly, by the IRS for possible malfeasance, a, a bunch of things going on there. And the word is that the Department of Justice told the IRS to back off on that investigation. Are you hearing this, Special Ed? Or have you seen anything on this?
0: Yeah, and, and you know what caused this is that they had a whistleblower. So the IRS removed the entire investigative team in the Hunter Biden probe. That just basically means, oh, OK, well, you know, you're getting too close. So we'll just like uh, get rid of everybody. Now start from scratch.
1: Five more whistleblowers from what I've read have come forward regarding the Biden family. Five more. So that's a, I went to a state university. It takes me a little while to do the math. But that adds up to six, at least six whistleblowers now um, in this uh, in this probe. This, I don't know what this is, to be honest. I mean, it's evidence the Congress, the Republican leadership has it, but again, the Democrats are poo-pooing it, saying no big deal, don't pay attention to anything behind the curtain, and the media is ignoring it. And, um, and this involves the $10 million, at least, that we know of, that was funneled from the Chai to the Biden family. Now, this should be scandal headline number one, and at, along with the Durham probe. And this is my point, to, to keep it into context here, that we have these flaming. I mean, Woodward and Bernstein kind of stories. Where are Woodward and Bernstein here? And where are all these people that, that signed this letter that said, oh, yeah, that the, uh, the crossfire hurricane is a... What was the letter it was regarding that the, uh, that the... Oh, the Russian uh, collusion was real and that the Hunter Biden uh, laptop was fake. That's basically what the letter said, Special Ed.
0: You know, I I go look at that and I just take it on a personal level. And let's say that I come up with a document and I say, you know what, Graham, I want you to sign this. Well, what's the first thing you're going to ask me? Why? What kind of backup documentation do you have? Why am I signing this document? But all of these intelligence people just didn't ask why.
1: 30 minutes after the hour, I I'm just um... I don't know what other word, but melancholy, because I see the train coming down the tracks, is headed right for us as a country, as a nation, as a republic, and um, we're not getting out of the way of this train. And the locomotive is tyranny. It is the tyrannical express that is headed right for this population of 320 million people, although... The population must be now, because of all the illegals at the border, must be somewhere around 350 million people, not citizens. But we're probably somewhere. And remember, we just did a census two years ago. Um, forget it; that census is worthless now because of this attack that's been going on at the border. You know, they they quantify two million alone during the Biden uh, term, uh, but that again is 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 a guess, and it's and it's the headcount that they know of. You can probably multiply that by—I don't know—I don't know what the multiplier is, but it's—it's it's a large multiplier, and so um, this train called the, the Tyrannical Express is headed right at us. And as uh, Benjamin Franklin said, you know, we've given you a republic, madam. If you can keep it, well, we're losing it right now, real time, right before our eyes. Special Ed and I—you um, know—I I always try and be an optimist. And I always try and give an avenue and a way to fight um, out of situations like this. There's only one way to get out of this, and it lies, again, within this here United States Constitution, Article 5 of the United States Constitution, which allows we, the people, through the states, to amend the Constitution. Um, what kind of amendments you, I mean, you can name it, right? Everywhere from term limits, term limits would do a lot of damage in Washington, D.C., to the balanced budget amendment, to electoral reform requiring voter ID. Yeah, we can get granular like that. No more mail ballots. Um, we can do that as a country if we want. But there is, right now, not enough support for an Article V um, convention of the states. And imagine what we could do to the FBI. We, the people, could end this tyrannical reign of the FBI which is clearly out of control Department of Justice same thing we can we can change this stuff voter um, uh, special ed but I just don't think um, enough of the American people is awake.
0: well well there's two things first of all, how many people are going to read this report? And they should. And and that's a sad reply that I kind of know the answer to. Secondly, and you and I have talked about this over and over again, if you want to correct this process, you need to be involved in the political process. If you have kids, you you know, go to the school board meetings, you know, be a part of their PTA, be a part of their community. If you know you're, you know, want to find out about the election, go be a poll worker. If you want to find out what's going on in the justice, try to figure out like what's going on with these judges, because the slow creep of socialism has gotten so deep that you're going to have to be involved and you're going to have to read and you're going to have to be more aware of what's going on on a day-to-day basis.
1: Let's take a deep breather here as we uh, make a transition and not that kind of transition (laughs) special ed, another transition (laughs) to, uh, to Florida news. As we say hi to some of the folks uh, watching this morning, uh, Stephanie J17, a loyal viewer, SJS Rumble from Southern California. SJS Rumble, I would suggest you get the hell out of Southern California. Sunny Bunny is another regular from Kansas. Um, I love Kansas. I drove through it uh, very quickly about two years ago. <laughs> but Kansas, Kansans are, are great people. And uh or Kanda, Kanda Ken. I don't know. He's from Alaska. It's four o'clock in the morning in Alaska right now. Look at that uh, you folks in Alaska. That is our crooked cam down at uh, Siesta Key Beach in Southwest Florida. I don't know what the temperature is in, um, in your parts of Alaska, but I would bet it's probably a little bit warmer right there. Pay no attention to that crooked camera. Um, the horizon is level at Siesta Key Beach. It's just, it's just my favorite camera. And again, I'm looking for another camera. If you have a good web beach cam that you know of, uh, I saw a good one in Fort Myers, and I saw a good one in uh, Naples, but down around Miami, it's just, ugh. And uh, especially Ed, you sent me one from uh, uh, Clearwater, and uh, that one is not very clear, to be honest with you.
0: No, and it isn't, and, and you got to get that early, like it is in you know this hour of the day. Otherwise, what happens is you get all the blue umbrellas that are out there from all the tourists from the uh, Hilton hanging out on the beach. So,
1: blue umbrellas or blue hair?
0: <laughs> blue blue umbrellas for all of the tourists to go hang out and safely be away from that eighty two point five degree heat we have out here in Florida. Eighty two
1: point five uh, plus about. Three, four, five degrees today. All right, let's get into the Florida news because Florida is uh, driving the uh, the the march back toward liberty in this country. Certainly, there's no doubt about it. We're at the cutting edge of that. Uh, the governor signed. I want to get through this quickly, special Ed. But the governor, uh, that would be Ron DeSantis, as Donald Trump would say, Ron DeSantis uh, did something real good, in my humble opinion. He signed the end to. D E I. I still have to look that one up. Diversity, equity, uh, inclusion.
0: Correct. So, so what he did on Monday, he signed a bill that blocks public colleges from using federal or state funding on those DEI on those diversity programs, addressing a concern, obviously, of you know people like you and I, and people that have said basically, it's like you know we should be teaching our children. You know, some of the basics instead of being political pawns, even in a, a, a greater, you know, upper level uh, education.
1: DEI is, is nothing more than affirmative action, which we outlawed in this country. Uh, if I remember right, there was a Supreme Court decision involving uh, affirmative action. And so all the, the uh, Marxists did was just to repackage it under a different name, diversity, equity, inclusion, diversity. Um, we are a diverse nation. You don't need to compound it. Equity. There's no such thing as equity. We have equality. Equity is a lie. It doesn't. Equity is is what the Soviet Union uh, strove for, and look how the Soviet Union turned out. And inclusion, inclusion is going to the heart of affirmative action. Um, everybody has an equal opportunity in this country. I don't care your skin color, how tall you are, how uh, what kind of shoes you put on, whether you wear a dress and you're a man, whether you address or a female. We all have the same opportunity in this country, and that's what makes this country great. And so to do away with DEI is a no-brainer, the GOP, meantime, special ed, maintaining its voter advantage, but it's not because <laughs> it's not because of the quote, "great recruiting" that uh, the GOP in Florida is doing. It's because people move into Florida.
0: Well. And you're and you're absolutely right. And as I mentioned you previously, if I go take a look at Pinellas County, Pinellas County is now over the course of like the last couple of years now have a slight, you know, uh, 51 to 49% of Republicans that are in this county versus 51%. That's the old base. That's the old people that are here. So if you take a look at the people that have lived here in Florida for the last 30, 40 years, the people that have changed that are the people that are coming into the state from other states.
1: Fastest-growing county in Florida. Um, I'll give you a hint. It has four letters, and it's named after a former president of the United States, Special Ed.
0: Four letters. Uh, Oh, come on. Polk.
1: Oh. Polk County. You know, they have a sheriff. You ever heard of him by the name of Grady Judd? (laughs) You never heard of this guy? He's the guy that goes up and says in the news conferences, hey, you know, this citizen, this resident of Polk County did us a favor, shot and killed the uh, robber inside his house, so we don't have to put, you know, spend money on the. on the adjudicating and putting him in jail. You know, he, he's, a, he's a rock star.
0: Well, I, I, I did not know that, but I think that's probably what the uh, predecessor for what we call Castle Keep. But in looking at this, I see that Polk County is uh, centrally located in between Tampa and Orlando. So yep. it's, it's a little bit far away from us, but, you know, it's here.
1: But it, it's centrally located between those two cities. And so why would you want to live in Orlando, right? If you have to work there, that's one thing. Tampa is another story. Tampa is not bad, but uh, yeah. So it's you know basically equidistant, and that's one of the reasons why it's uh, it's growing so quickly. Um, yesterday, so we're we're day one right now of the rainy season in in Florida, and rainy season um, is responsible for a large chunk of the rainwater that uh, that Florida needs every year. Special Ed.
0: Well, you know, the, the unusual thing is that, you know, I, you know, I've lived here for about as long as you have, and I haven't noticed that there's a drought. I haven't heard a lot of reports, you know, that we do have a drought, but, you know, also at the same time, it is going to be important that we get a little bit of rain to, you know, make sure that, you know, we don't have any kind of drought here. And, you know, as I take a look at that, it seems like it's spread out over the course of the month as to which portion of the state actually is into the rainy season, starting from north to south.
1: Southwest Florida and South Florida start now. We're in the rainy season, um, but uh, Central Florida and I guess the East Coast or so, maybe around Jacksonville, um, it's a little bit later. It doesn't really matter. It all starts in uh, in May, and um, the the funny thing is, you know, we mentioned Orlando and Tampa. Um, there's a report out about the three Florida cities. Now, I guess they did a report on the worst drivers in the United States, <laughs> and apparently. A lot of them reside in the Sunshine State special, Ed.
0: Well, you know, as you go take a look at that and, you know, the the three worst that I, I believe that I saw were Jacksonville, which is rated number one. I didn't realize that. Orlando, which we've just talked about, obviously, because you got a bunch of people that are, you know, in retirement villages that are there as well as people that are, you know, going back and forth to work and, you know, in or, or at Disney and Legoland and whatever else is there. And then the other one is Tampa. Yeah. Now, Tampa kind of
1: surprised me a little bit. Uh, again, you know, you can look at the retirees. Orlando, like you mentioned, also, I would throw in that mix a lot of tourists who don't know where they're going. <laughs> they're completely lost. And they're on the toll roads. There's so many toll roads around Orlando. Jacksonville apparently has is number one because it has a high rate of DUI uh, uh, fatalities, which is a, a terrible thing. But Tampa is a little bit surprising to me. I was just commenting to a friend last night, you know, being from Southern California and a Southern California driver, you know, we just we we attack the freeway, we attack the roads, and we just a lot of times we move in and out of traffic without signaling because there's no need because we're going so fast. People here don't like the way I drive, Special Ed. I get honked at constantly (laughs) because I'm driving like I'm at Indy because that's the way we drive in Southern California. And apparently the people from Pennsylvania, Ohio, New Jersey, and New York don't like that. Michigan don't like the way I drive.
0: Are Are you getting honked? Is that what you're doing? You're getting honked?
1: I'm getting honked. I'm probably getting flipped off, too, but I'm not looking because I, this is the way I drive. I mean, I'm not driving recklessly or dangerously. I'm just driving like a, a Southern California resident. And, um, you know, it, there's a lot of traffic in certain, certain times of the year in Florida, and you have to um, learn to drive very defensively in Florida. Fortunately, I was raised to drive defensively, but in, in certain parts of Florida, man, You got to drive special ed. You have to drive very defensively because, because, and I don't want to profile here, but I'm just going to say that, you know, as you get older, sometimes your driving skills uh, diminish. You know what I mean?
0: Well, you know, as my dad used to say, if I was going to cut a piece of wood, measure twice, cut once, That same logic applies to if you're going to cross the street, look twice, maybe three times, and cross one, and look out for a Cadillac, or look out for, you know, even some other large Buick or some, you know, monstrosity that's coming at you, because, you know, look twice again.
1: Look out for a garbage truck. It looks like it's trash day at uh, Casa de Special Ed over your right shoulder there, Special Ed.
0: Yeah, it is. And, you know, for, for all the people that are in California and everyone else that's out there, I can certainly tell you one of the things that I do appreciate about living in this state is that they come, they pick up the trash, they're on time, they do it, they sweep the streets, they pick up garbage all over the place. When we had Hurricane Ian here, they were just out here every single day picking up everything. So once again, not only a warm state, but also a beautiful state.
1: Yep. God bless them. Um Now, speaking of trash, uh, I want to squeeze in a few more national stories before we're out of time here. We've got 15 minutes left, special ed. We go down to the border where it's not a humanitarian crisis, okay? If if you understand what's going on at the border and you've studied the border like I have for many, many years, decades now, unfortunately, uh, it's not a humanitarian crisis. This is just the way it's been framed by, I think, well-intentioned people on the right. Trying to get people to understand that these are, these are human beings crossing the border. Yes, they're human beings, but it's not a humanitarian crisis. This is a war. We are at war at the border. We are invaded. Those are invaders. And in my humble opinion, and I think this opinion is shared by millions of Americans, we need to repel the invaders. Think of them as invaders of your home. What would you do if you had an invader in your home? The United States of America, the Texas border, the Arizona border, now the California border, and I I assume in New Mexico as well, that is part of your home. And you need to repel people who are violating your home without your permission. It is not only the American way, but it is the law, and it is the moral thing to do despite what the Catholic Church is telling you The Catholic Church is wrong here, 100% wrong. These are invaders. They are destroying your country. They are destroying your lifestyle. And now, special ed, the blatantly obvious is hitting people in the face. Mixed within these so-called refugees, which they are not, these asylum seekers, which they deserve no asylum because they are criminals by definition. They have violated our sovereignty. They are criminals mixed within these people who say they just want a better life are terrorists, Special Ed, Afghan terrorists.
0: Well, just to let you know of exactly their methodology and how they do this, this is exactly how our terrorist comes across. So the U.S. Border Patrol was watching a group of, of illegals that were crossing the border and mixed in with one of these groups happened to have been an Afghan terrorist who is on the terrorist watch list in amongst a group so that he can just, you know, hide and blend in, but a terrorist. And the situation that, you know, you have to ask yourself is that if you have that many people and you have a terrorist that's among those and you catch him, how many other terrorists have you let cross the border and we can't find yet? So not only do we have a border that's wide open, we also have a very, very serious security breach.
1: How many got away, the, the getaways? And that applies to all illegals breaching our border as well. Again, they've quantified 2 million, but you multiply that by X. So you, as Special Ed just pointed out, you have a, an illegal who also happens to be a terrorist. How many um, got through? And this is, again, this is a dude who just probably tried to mix himself. And as for all we know, Special Ed, this was a little plum thrown uh, at the border patrol to distract them to say, hey, we got a terrorist. Meantime, uh, four dozen terrorists got through because they were distracted by these, this guy.
0: And not only that, we have 150 people that we are going through this secure channel of app where we have the Mexican government coming up and saying, oh, by the way, we're going to send 150 over to the U.S. What makes you think that there isn't a cartel member that also is on that channel with WhatsApp? And he's going like, OK, you guys over there with the coyotes and all the drugs you have in the backpack. Go, 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 go. go.
1: And I want to make a, a somebody who's spent a lot of time in Mexico, me. Um, not necessarily rubbing shoulders with the drug cartels or the, 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 the human smugglers, which are really one and the same. They're doing both. They're moving both. They're, they're mules moving humans as well as drugs. Um, but people c- compare, and uh, the politicians, and I think some well-known, I don't want to quote any politicians, but some on some who are conservative, say that the drug cartels are terrorists just like this dude from Afghanistan. That is incorrect. The drug cartels whether you know, they're doing something moral or not, doing something illegal or not, the drug cartels are pure capitalists. That's what they are. They are capitalists. They're doing something nefarious. They're doing something that is bad for any society. They're doing something that can kill. I am not endorsing what they're doing. Okay, don't get me wrong. But the drug cartels, aka the, the human smuggler cartels, are capitalists who are filling a void, Special Ed. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as supply and demand. That's what they are. This dude who was apprehended at the border wants to kill you and everybody else he can kill because he is a Muslim terrorist. There is a huge difference between these people that are moving drugs and people across the border And a dude who wants to blow up the Empire State Building Special Ed.
0: I mean, if you go take a look at, and you're absolutely right, they're a business. If you take a look at a cartel business unit, these guys are using software that Fortune 500 companies use. They have a CFO that's probably sitting there talking to the head of the Medellin cartel and going, Oh, yeah, by the way, guess what? This month it makes more sense for us to smuggle drugs than it is to traffic human beings. And oh, yeah, by the way, you know, I've taken a look at our last week's analysis here and you'll get a financial report on your desk. They're pure capitalists and they run it like a Fortune 500 business.
1: Yeah, they're using Salesforce. They're using Salesforce. No, they are, you know, to document their customers and to move, you know, just like a company. And again, we are not condoning it, but to say that they are terrorists like the people who blew up the World Trade Centers is 100% wrong. Just like saying the attack at the border is a humanitarian crisis. The humanitarian crisis is me. The humanitarian crisis is you. That's the humanitarian crisis. Our humanity is being attacked every minute these people violate our sovereignty. Speaking of violation, here we have in Washington State, um, unbelievable how, how states like California and, and Washington are destroying entrepreneurialism. And anything good, like you know, a system like Uber or, or uh, Lyft, these, these companies that employ independent contractors, allow people to work their own hours, make their own hours, uh, work independently. Now these states are destroying the model by, in California, requiring health care and, and making them employees no longer independent contractors. And in Washington State uh, special ed, now it's paid family leave.
0: You know, th- th- there were only two reasons why we took an Uber. One was the fact that it was a clean vehicle. Two, it was cheaper. Now, Jay Ensley in Washington State has signed into law the right to have family and medical leave for rideshare drivers.
1: The right. I'd like to for Jay Ensley uh, uh, to show me where the right is in this here constitution that I'm holding here, because I don't I don't remember reading a right to paid family leave. It's just another uh, nail in the coffin to businesses in a state like Washington State, Oregon, uh, California, uh, Illinois. That's why these companies are fleeing. And it's, by the way, in the end, Special Ed, what is this going to do to the model of of, of Uber? It's going to change it, of course, forever. I'm sure Washington State's going to require health care as well, just like California. But in the end, these are higher costs. And the higher costs are passed on to who, special ed?
0: They're gonna be passed on to you or I. So we had we had an option. And when we go take a look at price being an option that we're going to take a look at Uber, which probably had no more competition other than Lyft. And if they do, and this bill talks to ride share drivers. So it's not only Uber, it's Lyft as well. Guess what? We're going to go take a look at that business model and say like, you know what? It's going to cost me three times more to to ride this. I'll either walk home or I'm going to get a cab or whatever. I'm going to start making different choices.
1: These are the things that I tell my friends in California, you don't even understand these extra layers of taxes that you're paying, right? You applaud when California says, oh, Uber has to supply health care to its drivers. Oh, isn't that a wonderful thing? Guess what, you dummy? You person who is applauding, you're going to be paying that health care. <laughs> don't you understand that? That's how socialism works. Finally, Special Ed, I want to end on an interesting note. And it's not a bad note, um, but the average age of U.S. cars, average age of cars on the road today is going up, just like your age, just like my age, Special
0: Ed. Well, I mean, this, I mean, duh, and we're surprised about this just simply because I had a friend that just got through buying a pickup truck, and it was new, and it was $54,000, and he asked the guy, well, you know, can I get any discount on it? He goes, nope. He goes, by the end of the day, he goes, that one's going to be gone. The average age of American cars that are on the road now is 12 and a half years. Twelve and a half years before we have bought a car to replace the one that we're piecing together with baling wire and, and duct tape to make sure that it still runs because we can't afford that $54,000 pickup truck.
1: Well, that, so 2011, right, roughly? Um, yep. But it, I think it's also a testament to the way cars are built these days. They're lighter. They're more dangerous, yes, because of the cafe standards, uh, which is another <laughs> big one that we haven't even touched on. But, um, but I think they're built better. They're built to last longer. I think also people take care of their cars more, except certain people I know of a certain gender. I'm uh, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I'm just joking. Um, um, and so, you know, my car, for example, my car uh, is, uh, the, my primary car is, is 10 years old now. But, you know, my neighbor Lou keeps telling me, Oh, you need to get a new car. Why do I get it? It's, it's perfectly fine. I like this car. I, it, it drives well. I take care of it. I've maintained it. I, it doesn't look old. Uh, and, uh, I, I like it. So I don't, um, uh, I don't necessarily need, um, a new car. Um, but this is uh, this is interesting I think it is also a sign of the times special ed in terms of uh, uh, people belt tightening uh, in the last four or five years
0: well you know what you know and to do that I mean if, if you don't buy a new car then what you're going to do is you're going to repair the car that you have and the aftermarket repair was at anywhere in between 6 to 11 years and now that's anywhere in between 12 to 13 years so people are taking those and if they need to go in and get it repaired to you know make it you know functional or you know do some kind of repair on it to you know continue driving you know that's what they're going to go do and there's 122 million vehicles that are still in operation that doesn't mean that they're on the side of the road not working 100 22 million that are still at 12 and a half years old.
1: You know, uh, I'll end on this note, uh, Special Ed. Uh, One of the richest men in the world does not buy a new car off the lot. You know who that is, Special Ed? And it's not Elon Musk, but you know who that is, who just ditched a profile on this guy. And I don't necessarily like this guy that much, and I disagree with a lot of what he's investing in. But one of the richest men in the world refuses to buy a new car. You know who that is?
0: Well, that would be the Oracle of Omaha, Mr. Warren Buffett.
1: You are correct. Warren Buffet, as Rush Limbaugh used to call him, um, has his daughter. He doesn't like to shop for cars, I guess. So he has his daughter go find a couple of candidates of like a one-year-old car, which is, you know, special ed. That is the smartest way to buy a car is don't drive it off the lot because it's going to immediately depreciate.
0: Well, you know, at the end of the day, you have to have a car so that you can get moving from one place to another. So if we take, and this is why I'm sure because he's an investor, he takes a look at it this way. It's like, where am I going to go from point A to point B for a span of, you know, however long it's going to take it? And what is going to get me there, the safest, the most dependable, and the cheapest? And it doesn't mean that you're going to buy a $100,000 Beamer.
1: All right, Special Ed, I'm going to cut you loose, wrap things up. Uh, Have a good day. 82.5 plus about three or four degrees in your neighborhood.
0: Yes, it's going to be 82 to 86 today, and for the rest of the week, it's going to be 84, 84, 84, 84.
1: Be good, Special Ed. Uh, it's, uh, it's as I said, you know, even though it's a it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood here, um, it's a very kind of dark day, in my opinion. I think that we can make it brighter uh, if we choose to. Uh, we can share this information about Durham. You can share the information about the, the five whistleblowers that have come forward now that The mainstream media is not going to report on uh, regarding uh, the Biden family and and monies uh, funneling to the Biden family. You can share the information about the IRS shutting down its investigation into Hunter Biden, unbelievably. Now, maybe there's a logical explanation there. Maybe they're shutting it down to open up a new one or they're handing it off to the DOJ. I doubt it. I doubt it. But this is what's happening. In the end, it's up to us to get the information out there because the mainstream media is not going to do it. They're going to sweep it under the rug. They're going to do a report on it, NBC Nightly News. They'll do a report. Oh, yeah, Durham concluded his probe. They did, I'm sure, yesterday. Here's Durham concluded his probe. He wasted millions of dollars is the way they look at it. Nothing here, here. Nothing to see here. Let's move on to the next story that's anti-Trump. And that's the way the news cycle goes. But uh, we can stop that, we can, we can change it by being in charge and taking charge of the situation and sending this information out there. Send this video out there if you want. Um, whatever you want to do, but get the information out there. And remember, this edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the archives of Library of Congress and Cracker 82.5. Thank you for listening, thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger along with Special Ed, and remember, Even when we are wrong, we are right.